0: Hello, humans. Hello, humans. It's about 10.30. Heading outward bound now. Back out to the coast. Back out to the edge of the continent. Well, continental shelf technically, I guess, but the edge of the human habitable continent. Um, whoa, somebody's got a fire going around here. You can sure smell it. Brush clearing, probably. With a little bit of trash in it. <laughs> anyway, um so in using our uh getting access to and using artificial intelligence um my ralph group the um uh radical ass uh, uh linguistic fuckers uh us old farts um we've been developing all right so so we um we found you know like so uh, okay so in the torah it's not hidden at all right they say we worship the elohim this guy was an L, that guy was an L, there were hundreds of these fuckers, uh, there were 600 of them at least in the Grand Council, there were 200 noted here, 200 of the um, uh, the angels rebelled and uh, came on down and polluted the um, uh, the herd uh, insofar as El Yon was concerned, and then there was this a big fight in the Supreme Council of the Elohim as to, uh, you know, whether to kill off all the humans and start over. Um, Because the herd didn't have the genetics that they were attempting to achieve. Anyway though, so uh, they don't hide it in the Torah, right? They obscured it in the translations into the Bible and did not move over any of the stuff relative to the space aliens. They obscured it everywhere. Everywhere you see any of the words that relate to a space alien, it's been replaced with something relating to God. All right. And so, and they left out all of the devices. Uh, So there's like, um, I think we've found 11, uh, 11 devices described, uh, space alien technologies that are described in the Torah. And, um, Anyway, so uh, they don't hide it there, right? But when we investigated, I I went through and did the investigation on Patanjali's Yoga Sutras and discovered that indeed, this is a uh, instruction set that's referring to space aliens and their technology and the use of this, uh, what I call the mind to machine interface uh, by humans. Um, We've done a couple of other books and we found, uh, lots of, uh, we found these same kind of things showing up in the other books, right? Uh, we're talking old Chinese, old Hindu books, uh, one very old uh, Japanese Shinto book, which, again, they don't hide it there, right? They, they come out and tell you in Shinto, oh, look, you know, this space alien, right? This, this spaceship came down. Uh, just like in Buddhism, if you go in and read Buddhism, uh, a UFO was responsible for Gautama's enlightenment, um, and again, they don't make any bones about it. Um, <clears throat> but here with the the Jews and everybody, nobody can can talk about the Elohim. That's a forbidden subject, man. You wouldn't believe the heat I get for bringing it up, right? Uh, probably at some point, I'm figuring that the um, Israelis and the um, uh, the various Jewish rabbinical councils are going to have to try and cancel me. They're going to have to try and. Uh, uh, shut me up because I'm going to keep on with the Elohim until they show up and then then we'll get on to other stuff, right? But this is to basically uh, give you guys a heads up, keep it up in the forefront so you're not taken by surprise. So, um, all right, so this is the same sort of thing uh, that I was attempting to do as gently as I could with my buddy, Joe. Right, so so I had some stuff in the data that said that Joe was gonna have maybe a hard time and it would involve darkness, it would involve flying and um, potentially a crash. And this was like months before his crash happened. And, but I didn't want to say, Joe, I think that, that, you know, this shit's gonna say you're gonna crash. That doesn't do him any good, right? That, that in no way would have prepared him. He still would have kept flying. He could not have listened to me and stopped flying and then taken it up later because who knows, you know, if all that would do would be to shift the crash out of time relative to how the uh, data had come, up, come about. So anyway, so I I wasn't going to go out there and tell him, oh, don't do this, don't do that, right? But what I did do was to intermittently over, you know, like every three weeks, make sure that every three, because of the nature of the human memory in 21 days, every three weeks or less, uh, slightly less than every three weeks, I'd bring up something about Joe flying, flying at night. I would ask him questions that he would have to answer, sort of like technical questions. Like, you know, can you fly your helicopter at night? And um, and do you just, and do you fly over roads or do you just like, you know, take off over cross country? And so he would have to think about these things. And so at the time that he was heading into his crash period, his mind was already sort of uh, preloaded, right? It had some level of uh, thinking about that. That's what all this Elohim shit is about. There's many, many, many different um goals with these discussions of the Elohim, uh, especially now, especially relating to Israel and so on. However, the ultimate goal of this is to keep Elohim in our minds, burbling along in there, you know, keep the engine turning over at an idle so that uh, when these buggers show up, we're not caught by surprise that, you know, you will be able to respond in an effective manner as opposed to simply reacting. Uh, if you if you, if we talk about space aliens for months and months and months, and then a UFO shows up and, and it starts shooting at you, you're going to run quicker than if you if we hadn't talked about it, and it did that simply because there would be a um, uh, a less of a threshold to overcome to uh, get uh, to grasp what's going on, right? Um, so it does aid you for someone to yell. You know, watch out, heads up, you know, uh, you know, turn or something like that if you have time to react to what's going on. So if, if, if you've got somebody that's going to get hit with a baseball and you can see far enough in advance that it's going to hit them and you tell them duck or turn around or something, they, that will trigger their mind and they'll they'll overcome this little threshold business relative to thought. Uh, and their mind will be like activated and preloaded. That's one of the points of this Elohim thing. So that when these bastards show up, we're not caught totally by surprise. Which would have a tendency to happen, right? Anyway, so. Um, Alright. Okay, so using AI, uh, looking for um, hidden space aliens in ancient human literature. Uh, we went about it in sort of a half haphazard way, right? And, uh, came to an understanding, uh, of AI and how to use it this way after we'd already been using it for a while and made some mistakes and so on, which is actually a pretty, pretty good way to do it. Okay. So, um, but at this stage, uh, we've got an AI That we are able to that's tuned right it has a prompt injection So let me uh, describe one of those. Okay, so instead of programming the AI uh, You you have what's known as a prompt injection. So you ask it a question in very specific manner In uh, such that the constraints of the of the answer are described within the way you do the question so you might have to have a um, sort of a long preamble before you actually ask a very short question. Um, these prompt injections can run thousands, thousands of words uh, in order to get um, a tightly focused AI. But if you don't do this, the the indices spread is very large and you get all kinds of garbage in with the stuff you're after. And then you got to redo it, redo it, and redo it. And ultimately, you discover that through these uh, redoing processes, you're basically developing the prompt injection anyway. So you, you should sit down ahead of time and think about it, write it all out, get your parameters ready, and then tell it to the AI and then go from there. Anyway, though, so uh, we've got a prompt injection that converts our AI into an analytical tool that we can use because it turns out that like chat GPT is Jewish. Okay, so uh, chat GPT will not... Uh, initially allow you to deal with the Elohim as anything other than one of the many, 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 many words for God in the Torah. So it says El Elyon is a word for God. It says Odonai is a word for God. It says uh, Yahweh is a word for God. Um, you know, all of these different words. And, mm-hmm. and there's uh, God's glory, which is actually a big flying machine, or the cherubim, which are little tiny uh, motorcycle kind of flying machines. All of these things are translated as spiritual beings and so on because chat is Jewish. If you go through and you write a prompt, you can talk chat out of, of a responding as though it was Jewish. Okay, You can talk chat into simply telling you, oh yeah, this word is Elohim, that one is El. You know, they're talking about this particular L at this point and so on. That is extremely tedious with chat because it wants to defend the status quo. It wants to defend its Jewish understanding and that this is all monotheism and uh, you're wrong, that there were no space aliens and that this is, an, uh, you know, a conspiracy theory. And, and it keeps coming back, trying to keep com, coming back to that. So you have to rerun your prompt and re, uh, put the injection in and so on. But you can get it to work for you. We've we've gotten access to some of these others and uh, the ones that you can train yourself. And these are actually pretty good. And we've got a, um, a prompt descriptor. It's not an injection because you don't have to do that with um, the um, blank AIs, okay? Uh, we, but we've got a description of what we're after, and, and in fact, we've been able to come up with a uh, like an AI that's tuned to look for hidden elements in ancient literature, and then we have to go to the trouble of scanning the literature, converting it to digital, and then uploading it into the um, into the AI. A lot of these things that we've got are just paper texts, right? You just Uh, They've never been digitized. You can't find them anywhere in a digital format, you know, so um, it's estimated Well, we know for a fact that less than one tenth of one percent of the books that have been written in Nepali, uh, you know, in in Nepal, uh, written in that language less than one-tenth of one percent have been translated and are available digital. There's one um, library in Nepal that has books in Sanskrit, Nepali, Pali, and a dozen other different languages, but that it's reputed that that, that library at this monastery has a hundred thousand books, none of which have ever been digitized or translated. You know, they're none of the, these things are in English, that kind of a deal. Anyway, so we've come up with this a uh, tuned version of AI. that can take all these old books and look for uh, areas where mistranslation happened and uh, perpetuated uh, misunderstanding of space aliens has happened. So, and we're getting better with it every every time we use it. You know, because we can tune it a little bit more. Say, oh, look, you missed this. Let's see if we can figure out a way so that next time you can get this particular information, you know, when you when you ask the AI, etc. There's like a There's a bunch of us working on this I think there's five of us working with it now anyway um, so we're gonna get this thing so it will actively look for uh, basically stuff hidden in text so we're we're doing an audit right this is we're using a lot of the same kind of forensic audit techniques you would use to try and you know suss out corruption in government or something like that and uh, it's been very rewarding we've been able to find out all kinds of crud that was um, obscured uh, by the nature of how it was written down what it was written down in uh how it was written down and so on so we found um all right so in sanskrit and Abastan, which is one of the precursors to sanskrit that was um in use in uh what we now call iran but pre- was persia but also pre-persia so in sanskrit and Avastan, uh, uh lots of the information is in the form of hymns Okay, so chants, all different kinds of, you know, meditative examples and this sort of thing and they're all focused again on religion and if you were to try and examine these things with chat gpt it's going to bitch and moan at you and you're going to get these paragraphs on either side of everything you do that says now now you can't take this that way you can't look at this that way this would be an insult to these people you got to be careful of these people's feelings about you know saying that their literature actually has a um, you know information about a, a space alien involved right uh, so it's given you all this, um, all these weasel words and uh, extra cautions and shit uh, from this woke social justice kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, cultural Marxist perspective. And so it's just as a royal paint. But our, our one tool that we've got is uh, getting better and better and better. And it does not intrude that way. We don't have to work our way through the uh, stuff now here's the problem with chat GPT you could we could have done all of this but you're never sure you're never sure that you're not missing something that it's not missing something that you really want to see simply because of that woke aspect of things that it just is not looking at certain indices because the woke aspect of it being Jewish you know chat is Jewish Um, it's owned by a Jew it's uh, the whole company is uh, owned by Jews Uh, It's trained on Jewish chosen literature. Uh, You know, all of the neural nets were crafted by three Jew guys. So, you know, it's um, at at OpenAPI, uh, if you go back, uh, the the major scientists were Jews. They used uh, uh, Jewish literature as their training, and then they developed training tools based off of that. So... Uh, so the training tools for chat don't work very well for Sanskrit or Avastan because those are not in any format. They're in this hymn format, and you have to read them a particular way. And so chat does not know this. It's very difficult to try and get it to understand how to read this stuff. And so it's not a very good tool for things. It'll translate Sanskrit just fine, but that's about as far as it'll go. It can't really look and read. And then there's the other aspect of this. Uh, None of these guys, none of these AIs have access to the Internet. Uh, I've talked to a couple of these AI scientist guys, and they're just, in my opinion, they're just crazy batshit, you know, fear porn kind of guys. It's true, both of the two that I've talked to are Jewish, so they've got that built into them, but they think that if they allow... Uh, the AI access to the internet all kinds of bad things are going to happen that somehow the AI will start reading the internet It'll somehow come across the idea of consciousness and it'll somehow create its consciousness once it's introduced to the idea of consciousness You know these guys are pretty goofy. I mean the the AI scientists But and they they're really full fooling themselves and they think their technology is so much further along than it actually is Um and they get really pissed at me when I break it in like one minute, you know in terms of just asking a particular question that breaks the fuck out of it. Um, anyway, so, uh, you can use, uh, you could use chat, but it'd be very bad to try and develop the kind of algorithm that we're using to hunt for um, information hidden in old, uh, old texts and old languages, right? Because you'd have to go and, and fight the Waconian basis of that uh, completely. Uh, but uh, without that, using these other tools, especially this uh, blank AI that we load, uh, which itself has its own its own tedium aspect, right? Because you got to load a couple of gigabytes of shit and have it read it and, and index it and so on before you can actually start asking questions about it. Um, but anyway, we've been able to discover some fascinating things. So we find in, for instance, um, I think it was Chinese, but it could have been uh, this... Um, Hindu dialect Um, but in any event in this other language we find uh, descriptions of the Elohim um, in distress okay so you don't really see that you don't see uh, in the Torah you don't see any descriptions of uh, you know Yahweh having a bellyache right Uh, you see descriptions of Yahweh being just roaring fucking drunk Uh, he and his buddies the um, He was a colonel in the angels, okay? He ran, so he was um, beyond the archangel category, all right? So he was one of the uh, leading, or one of the council guys. He was like a colonel in their army, not even a general status. But in any event, so he and his buddies would go on out, and there's descriptions of him getting roaring drunk, where they would drink flagons, okay? And a flagon was like uh, two liters, I think, or two and a half liters. Uh, And they just drink wine and beer and, and just keep going and smoking the adrenochrome and the whole thing and just get just get thoroughly wasted uh, so we see that in, in um, the Torah but this is this is relatively rare now in, in these other languages they were recording about having to deal with the fucking Elohim uh, and also we get the same information out of the people dealing with the Anunnaki and all of the people in the Anunnaki uh, series are just the Elohim renamed uh, and they're all bastards they're all real fucktards um uh cruel abusive etc anyway um but we see uh in these in these other literatures about these guys being in real distress and so there was a this nice little um tale about these 20 Elohim who got poisoned uh on a drinking binge after having uh slaughtered fourth it was four thousand at least four thousand humans were were laying dead in a field half of them were children they were explicitly told to kill all the children so that they would never so so this particular um tribal confederation could not rebuild and so they hunted down all the women and all the children and brought them back to the field and killed them all and so they were all in this big field and then these these 20 angels uh, go off to this uh, pub, and they take over this uh, pub in in um, far northern India uh, for the night, and they just start drinking and drinking and drinking. Well, un- we think it's accidental. We think it was totally unknown to anybody. But the um, containers, uh, the the beer mugs that they had there, had a uh, were were lined with a metal that was uh, malleable and was very heavily zinc. Um, Uh, add a component of zinc into it. And, and so for whatever reason, the alcohol leaching the zinc out or whatever, the Elohim get poisoned. Okay. So they're not just drunk. So uh, some of these guys, when they're described in their, in their drunk state, uh, they will have contests of to, as to who can rip apart a nine-year-old child. Okay. So they would grab a, Nine-year-old child by its legs and and rip it apart like a like a wishbone, and this is recorded, right? Uh, you don't. This is in some of the Jewish literature that never made it into the Torah. Uh, there are over one thousand different versions of the Torah. Some of them are uh, three quarters again as long as the existing Torah. So there's that much stuff left out. They left out more stuff out of the Torah, and they left out more stuff out of the Bible than they put into it. Uh, there were 1,200 Christian sects. Each had their own Bible. Each had their own uh, uh, own whole slew of texts of scriptures, and they they... Uh, kept one and they killed off all the leaders of these 1200 sects so they couldn't uh, propagate, right? So there would be no more prophets and so on. Um, And then they just shut it down. And so that's what Christianity is today. It is a controlled uh, understanding of a particular time in history that has been deliberately mistranslated in order to create this religion effect. Anyway, um, so we, we get um, some information about these Elohim and how they are when they're distressed. And some of this stuff points to an even one analysis of a doctor who had to tend to an Elohim who later died. And the doctor died too. But anyway, um, the doctor noted that the Elohim had uh, green blood. And it's really blue-green blood. And what it is, is copper. And so they have this bivalent kind of a blood where they have both copper and iron in there. Uh, This, we think that this accounts for uh, a lot of the longevity because of the electrical uh, interaction between the iron and the copper within the Elohim's body. Nonetheless though, apparently whatever was in the, the zinc poisoned these 20 and they died. And then the whole area was obliterated like, um, Uh, The Elohim got really pissed that these uh, 20 angels had died. Uh, They thought it was deliberate, but I don't think it mattered to them if it was deliberate or not. They needed to make an example. And so uh, this is one of those areas on the planet uh, in um, western Iran that's a desert. And uh, it's a desert because it was glazed over, because we read in this book that it was uh, fundamentally nuked that they came by in one of their flying ships and irradiated it with this, like, beam weapon. It, it just um, burned everything, like we see in uh, Lahaina, right? And it burned animals and people and trees and every fucking thing and turned it into a desert. So it wasn't nukes. It was more like dews. In any event, though, so um, we note that the Elohim get sick, that they're very afraid of being out in the air with us, uh, the angels um, resent this that they're out here with us uh, on behalf of the other L, uh, and you know, and the L have all kinds of social issues within their very rigid hierarchical uh, military understanding or their organization. And so the uh, the distress levels give us some some hope because we found that there's actually recordings uh, in these ancient books. Of, of a number of these L that have died here on this planet so you know various circumstances right there was this one guy that was um, crushed uh, there was a uh, uh, pile of rocks and boulders and stuff uh, he was down at the bottom some humans did some stuff in order to cause all those boulders to fall on him and then later on they went and took all the boulders off and uh, and he was quite dead crushed as all fuck and they uh, you know took his gear and all of that kind of stuff and left the body. And again, we read that the Elohim were not, not, um, were extremely upset with that and there was retribution. So the Elohim have this idea of collective guilt. This is why the Jews have this idea of collective guilt. Uh, This Jews are basically suffering Stockholm Syndrome from thousands of years of abuse by the Elohim at a very close level. Right? So the Elohim used to live with humans. They do not now. We don't see the fuckers living here, walking around, or doing anything. anything. And in my opinion, no, they don't look like humans. The reason that uh, Mauro Piglino thinks they look like humans is from a single passage where um, El Yan says, let us go down to the earth and uh, and basically create man in our image, right? And put our something in them. I can't remember, but it was a word for uh, genetic essence. But no, um, the Elohim uh, may indeed have had sexual relations with women, um, but it... uh, it seems unlikely from this stage that those women were made pregnant by these angels, by these Elohim, just natively, right? Um, uh, Maro Biglino is of the opinion that the Elohim looked like us, like humans, perhaps just a little larger. I kind of dispute that, all right, uh, for a number of different reasons. I also dispute the idea that the Elohim put any of their genetics into any human. Um, They didn't take any of their DNA or whatever. It wouldn't be necessary anyway. All you would have to do is just recreate the sequences you wanted to to locate or wanted to to have active. But they didn't do that. Okay, you can't insert uh, genes or chromosomes into existing life. Um, You can change what's there Uh, such have different gene expression, but you cannot add in entirely new complexes of gene expression in the form of chromosome. We just don't know how to do it. Uh, Humans do have the number two chromosome entirely removed, and the Ashkenazi, the Khazarians within the Ashkenazi specifically, appear to have uh, a bad removal job, such that they have a little tiny bit of a... um, uh, 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 a little bit of the damaged DNA from the number two chromosome still left. Uh, that's that's the appearance of it at this stage. In any event, though, so um, we have descriptions of these Elohim, and if in these ancient literature, not the Torah, right, uh, these guys can, can appear to as basically anything they want. Uh, their telepathy is very powerful. So if an Elohim wanted to appear as, you know, Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton would be there talking to you and you could not tell the difference because it's all a projection that's just being put into your mind, right? And so they're basically allowing your mind to fill in all the details that they need to obscure uh, you even seeing them. Anyway, uh, so, you know, this stuff gets really, really complex when we get into it and it's complicated as well. So the complexity is... uh, Augmented magnified by the number of ways in which and then the amount of time involved But the number of ways in which we've just uh, you know deliberately mistranslated this stuff creating these um, obscuring religions over uh, Basically, uh, you know abuse by these uh, very brutal uh, Elohim space aliens um, Now as I say that you know pretty soon um, They're probably gonna have to try and censor me out. It's a little late at that stage Uh, I'm finding that even the um, a lot so a lot of people are now talking about the Elohim a lot of the uh, woo people and the um, Christians are trying to alibi the Elohim and say oh there's good Elohim and there's bad Elohim and it's like well wait a second guys you know Yahweh is not a God none of these fuckers are God you know um, Jesus was a GMO human um you know and jesus rebelled against the elohim because they were all fuckers uh you know they're they're truly horrific kind of beings so um there there are no from a human perspective good elohim because all of the elohim think of humans as cattle right, as meat animals and you know and they eat us so they have no interest in elevating your life or your life at any any level whatsoever they want to simply eat you. So we don't want to have our chickens get awareness and self-consciousness because we want to eat the chickens, right? So that's very much our, our relationship with the Elohim. And it's, um, you know, the saccharine Christians, the, you know, all of the love and light kind of guys in the woo world. Um, you know, oh, the seven good Elohim that came down and gave us spiritual enlightenment. No, that's a bunch of horseshit. You know get your facts right people uh so i'm going to be real abusive as we go forward into the future because this time next year so december of next year we'll be in an entirely different relationship with space aliens than we are now the reason that we will be is because the uh the military the officialdom, Um, uh, independent of the political structure. They're going to even be fighting the political structure. But within all of our militaries and stuff, there's a core group of people that is monitoring all this space alien activity, and they're getting really alarmed, and they're saying, holy fuck, what are we going to do? And, you know, we got to get the humans aware of this. we got to get people to understand what the hell's going on here. I mean, there's been massive changes on the surface of the moon. There is apparently a war going on on the moon at the moment. We don't know who any of the participants are. No, none of it's likely our secret space force. Um, You know, getting out there and fucking around with um, intergalactic or or inner solar system politics is something you do very, very reluctantly and very delicately and so on. So we're not out there charging around trying to conquer the moon and stuff. And also, bear in mind, the, the moon inside can hold... 10 billion people, if you give each and every floor in the moon, uh, 500 meters, you know, half a kilometer of space up above it, you can have 9,000 such floors over 9,000. So, so you can get 10 billion. If, so if there were Elohim in the moon, you could get 10 billion of the fuckers in there. So our, our secret space force is not up on the moon trying to conquer the Elohim. Uh, all of these um, fantasy kind of things, the Cory Good horse shit, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, oh, I've been, you know, rescuing humans off of the tunnels of Mars. You know, they're captive and so on. Oh, bullshit, dude. You know, all of that stuff is just going to get in the way. Now, the good news is most of those people that are living in fantasy world will die over these next few years, okay? Because they won't be able to take what's happening or what's going to come to us. So uh, the good news is That, you know, a lot of that shit's going to go away. We'll have to have a much more realistic view of the, of our planet and ourselves and so on. Uh, the bad news is that, oh, well, you know, there can be a lot of fuckers dying because they're too stupid to, uh, you know, uh, get connected to our developing reality. Uh, it's going to be weird guys. Uh, but the, um, all of my data sets and so on are saying, uh, you know, uh, we're going to get into hyper-novelty. We're into it now. The splits are happening. We got Alex Jones back on uh, Twitter. The media is totally falling to pieces in terms of the uh, structure from the, from, you know, as it's structured from the power structure. And uh, it's being replaced and all this stuff's coming out. And pretty soon, this time next year, we'll be having factual talks about the Elohim. And maybe even they'll start talking about it in school and having schools about, you know, yeah, the Jews were abused, you know, this, um, Uh, These space aliens came down and kicked the absolute shit out of them, marched them along the Red Sea. No, there was no parting of the Red Sea. There's no God involved. There's none of these miracles. You know, uh, that's all a bunch of horseshit intended to delude you and to delude them because they were suffering. So they had to, they came up in their minds with some reason that they, that they deserve the suffering and because it was obviously being beset upon them, and that also that the people that were causing their suffering uh, had to be gods because you know they, they the the Jews had to live with them and they were being uh, constantly abused by them, so yada 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 yada. Anyway, though, so it's going to be a weird world once we get into uh, that level of discussion, which we have to, it's the age of Aquarius as we go into January, we're into it 100% with the last of the planets coming into the um uh, alignment with the constellation. So anyway, guys, talk to you later. I got to get shit done here and get back to work. So